This is Restoration Bible Church and Ministries. We are a people of excellence living purposefully. And now, here is God's servant, Reverend Tina Balanta, as she brings you God's Word. We trust that you will be blessed as you listen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's open our Bibles to Exodus chapter 12. We started our convention on Thursday, talking about the weapons of our warfare, how we dress in the weapons of our warfare. This morning, I'm going to be looking at two um, weapons that are not written there in Ephesians chapter 6, verses um, 10 to 18, but are part of the weapons of our warfare. Okay, there are two weapons that are not written there, but we're going to be looking at those two weapons this morning. The first weapon is the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus is an unbeatable weapon. And when you use it as a child of God, the enemy has no choice but to leave your address alone. Hallelujah. Exodus twelve thirteen. It says, And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. Revelations 12, 11. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto the death. The blood of Jesus is a weapon that you can use as a child of God when you're facing challenges. It works because it's the blood of God himself. It's not the blood of an animal. It's not the blood of a human being. It's the blood of God himself, the highest sacrifice that was made on our behalf. So when you plead the blood of Jesus over your environment, when you plead the blood of Jesus over your life, over your children, over your mind, all you are doing is you are drawing in the invisible realm a mark with that blood and you are surrounding your property and all that belongs to you with that blood. Hallelujah. So when the enemy sees that blood, he cannot cross that blood. He cannot cross it. He sees it and he stands far at the back. And he keeps making it look to you as if he is crossing. But brothers and sisters, the enemy is afraid of the blood of Jesus because it reminds him of his defeats. It reminds him of the fact that he was beaten mercilessly by the Lord Jesus Christ. He was made a public show of and he was disgraced in his own territory where you are concerned. So whenever you plead the blood of Jesus, learn to plead that blood in faith because the Lord who paid his price for you is seated in heaven. That blood is on the mercy seat and that blood will not fail to give you victory in your personal challenges in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. There is power in the blood of Jesus. When the children of Israel used the blood of an animal, all they did, all God told them to do was to dip the hyssop in the basin where the blood was and put the blood on the three sides the doorposts and the lintels of their home and the bible says that anybody who did that any israelite person that did that 
the angel of death, when he was passing, he had no choice but to jump over. He had no choice but to skip over. Just like the fire skipped over Sister Yabo's uh, shop years ago when the central market was on fire. Where, because she pleaded the blood of Jesus over her shop, when the fire came to her shop, the fire skipped, went to the next person and took down that line of shops. But her shop was left standing. Why? Because she knew how to plead the blood of Jesus. There are times when you might not remember what to say. There are times when you might not know what to say. As long as you can remember to plead the blood of Jesus, that blood of Jesus will draw a line between you and the walk of hell. And that walk of hell will not come near your habitation in the name of Jesus. Don't forget that you have that blood. It speaks for you wherever you find yourself. It speaks for you on a daily basis. It's drawn, it's like, it's like it's painted all over you as long as you learn to confess, to speak that word and declare, proclaim that blood over your life. That's why Revelation 12, 11 says, and they overcame him by the blood and by the word. You overcome by the blood of the Lamb, you overcome by the word of your testimony. You overcome by the blood and you overcome by the word. Hallelujah. There was this um, testimony I read in a book, you've heard it also here, about a man that traveled, um, not here, he traveled out of his home. And um, while he was away from home, I think, the, he just had this impression, the enemy told him that, um, some wolves will enter his premises. Some wolves will enter his home and attack his children. Wolves, wild dogs, they kill. They kill. They don't, they don't play with the um, victims when they see the victims. They kill the victims. So when this man heard that word on his heart, that the wolves were going to enter his premises and kill his children and attack his family, he was not at home. But what he did was that he pleaded the blood of Jesus over the perimeter of his household. Which means that in his mind's eye, he looked from the gates and he walked in his mind's eye around the compound, around the whole compound, pleaded the blood all the way back to the gate and said, no wolf is going to cross my, into my house. No wolf will be able to cross over this bloodline and attack anybody in my household in the name of Jesus. He pleaded the blood of Jesus. And what happened was, after a few days, he got a call from home. He got a call from home that they found three dead wolves at the bloodline. At the bloodline. He was not at home when he pleaded the blood. He was in another place. He had traveled out of his home state. But because he pleaded that blood in faith, when the wolves attempted to cross, something stopped them and they died. Three of them, they were found dead. Which means that when you as a child of God use the blood of Jesus over your home and you use it in faith, I don't care what demon is chasing you. I don't care what demon wants your finances or wants to end your life. That demon will not be able to cross into your territory in the name of Jesus. It cannot. Because the blood of Jesus makes a distinction. That blood separates you. And that blood just comes up as a neon light. It says, Karakataba, 
no crossing. You can't go in there. And whatever weapon is using, whether it is illness or, what, or it's an attack, whatever it is, they will fall at the bloodline of your premises in the name of Jesus. So even where the works of your hand are concerned, your businesses, your jobs, learn to plead the blood on a daily basis because we overcome by the blood of the Lamb. We overcome the challenges. Many are the challenges that we face, different challenges, but God did not leave us weaponless. He didn't leave us weaponless. He left us with weapons that we can use, weapons that will give us victory, weapons that have been proven time and time again, and they have not failed anybody. Those weapons will not fail you in the name of Jesus. They will not fail you in the name of Jesus. So whatever you are trusting God for, learn to plead the blood of Jesus, even if it is your mind. The other day I gave a word about somebody who felt the mind was going, was Lovitas in her mind. She met me um, later and she said she didn't want to come out. I said, good, plead the blood of Jesus over your mind. Plead the blood of Jesus over your health. Because anywhere you put the blood, the enemy runs away from it. It becomes a no-go area. It becomes fearful to him. So plead that blood in faith. And don't listen to the lies of the enemy. Your thoughts, yes, he can come to you. He can give you thoughts and tell you it is not working. He can tell you that God has failed. But God has never failed anybody. And the blood has never lost. It hasn't lost its ability to protect. It hasn't lost its ability to preserve. It has not lost its ability to provide for. It has not lost its ability to make a distinction where you are concerned. If it hasn't done that for people, it's not going to do that where you're concerned. The Lord said, I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. The same thing with the blood, the same blood that was shed on the cross of Calvary, still working for us today, and it will work for you in your tomorrows in the name of Jesus. We need to learn to use the blood of Jesus. Learn to plead the blood of Jesus. You're stepping out of your house, plead the blood of Jesus. That blood will work for you. That blood speaks. And that blood shows up red, bright red, bright, bright red in the spirit realm. The enemy is afraid. He's afraid of you as a child of God. Has it ever entered your mind? You know, there was one thing I read, I love reading. And I remember one time I was reading and I realized that when a dog barks or when a snake sees you, and it attacks. Their reactions are out of fear. The dog is barking because it's afraid of you. And what it's been told is, if you bark first, you'll put fear in that person. The snake raises up its head to strike because it's been told if you do that, there's something on their inside, there's an instinct on their inside that has told them that if you do that, the person or the enemy that is standing against you becomes afraid and runs away. So when the enemy comes against you, the Bible says he will roar. He comes against you like a roaring lion. But he's not a lion. He's not a lion. There's only one lion, and he's a lion of the tribe of Judah. And that lion is on your side. So when the enemy comes against you, all he's trying to do is to put fear in you. 
God expects that at that time when fear is trying to get hold of you, you need to have the word of God that you say, Father, I thank you because by the blood of the lamb, I am delivered from this situation. By the blood of the lamb, I am set free and I'm crossing this situation in the name of Jesus. And you will cross in the name of Jesus. The enemy uses fear, but he is afraid of you because he sees you the way you are. He sees the real you in the spirit realm. He doesn't see these fine faces we are seeing this morning, but he sees the spirit man. And that spirit man is the man that has won the victory. That spirit man is the man that can defeat him. That spirit man is the man that if he comes in the night and tries to attack you, that spirit man is the one that can rise up on the inside and say, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke you, and he can go. And if you learn to do that, if you learn to place the devil where he belongs, he will flee from you, as the Bible has said, in the name of Jesus. It was Smith Wigglesworth that one night he said he woke up and the devil was sitting at his, uh, the foot of his bed. He just felt the bed shaking, you know, when he was sleeping. You know when somebody sits on the bed and he woke up and he saw some demons or he saw the devil himself sitting on the bed. He looks, now only you. How many of us will say, now only you, and we'll just turn and continue sleeping? <laughs> In fact, if you can break the door of your room, you will break that door. <laughs> there are some people that have had ice-cold fingers touch them, or you are in your room, you hear kos, 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 as if somebody is walking around in your room. His own, he did, not, it, he did not hear, he saw the devil sitting down. And all he said was, oh, is it only you? He just turned and continued sleeping. May that be your testimony in Jesus' name. May that be your testimony in the name of Jesus. He knew who he was. He knew the power in the blood of Jesus. He knew that even if the devil showed up physically, which he did in that case, he could not do anything to him because he refused to give him power over himself. Fear is what gives the enemy power over your life. Fear is what gives the enemy power over the works of your hand. Fear is what gives the enemy power over your family. Refuse to give in to fear. Bible says God has not given us the spirit of fear. Refuse to give in to that fear and the enemy will leave your family alone. He will leave your household alone. He will leave all that concerns you alone in the name of Jesus. The blood of the lamb, you overcome by the blood of the lamb and you overcome by the word of your testimony. Learn to plead that blood on a daily basis. Learn to refuse to give in to fear. Because when you have the biggest on your side, not only on your side, but you're on your inside, when you have the biggest with you, that's why in Romans 8.37, Paul said, Nay, in all these things, all these things, whatever they are, all these things, whether it is banditry, whether it is economy, whether it is a child issue, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. You are more than a conqueror this morning in the name of Jesus. You are more than a conqueror in the name of Jesus. So don't ever lie on your face and cry and say, God, how far now? When you feel like lying on your face and saying that, just rise up on your inside and say, Father, I thank you because I am more than a conqueror. And I take my position in the spirit and I place the blood of Jesus wherever I need to place it. And that blood will shout out on your behalf. It will defeat the enemy where you are concerned in the name of Jesus. 
They overcame him by the blood of the lamb. They overcame him by the word of their testimony. Learn to use the blood as a weapon. Learn to use the blood as a weapon on a daily basis. Don't give up when the enemy throws things at you. Don't give up in fear. Don't give up in defeat. Don't allow your mind to say there's nothing. Other people have tried it and it didn't work for them. Is it you to work for? It will work for you because you're a child of God. It will work for you because you are different. It will work for you because you've made up your mind that the word of God is true. Let every man be a liar, but let God be true. Hallelujah. The word of God works and that word will work over your life in the name of Jesus. So number one, the blood of Jesus is a weapon. Number two, praise is a weapon of warfare. And it brings victory your way by bringing God on the scene. Praise is a weapon of warfare that brings victory your way when it brings God on the scene. Psalm 149, verses 6 to 9. Acts chapter 16, 25 and 26. Second Chronicles 17 to 22. Praise is a weapon of warfare. The King James says, let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand. I want to read from the Passion Translation. Praise is a weapon. Praise is a weapon. A weapon that brings down walls. The walls of Jericho fell down because of praise. I don't know whatever walls are standing against you. As you praise your way into those walls, the walls will come down before you in the name of Jesus. God's high and holy praises, that's Psalm 149.6, Passion Translation. God's high and holy praises fill their mouths, for their shouted praises are their weapons of war. Their shouted praises are their weapons of war. He didn't say they are whispered praises. He didn't say the praises they were praising inside their mind. But he said their shouted praises are their weapons of war. Which means that there are some situations you find yourself in. There are some situations where you've been praying, you've been fasting, you've been doing all you need to do. A time comes when you drop your prayer, close, uh, your prayer battle. You drop your fasting button and you say, Father, I'm here you today. And you praise, and you praise. And if you learn to stand in that place of praise and prayer, the victory will come your way and the enemy will fall down defeated before you in the name of Jesus. That was what the, the children of Israel did when Joshua, when God told them that he had given them um, the, the land of Jericho. God told them, walk around seven days. Each day, walk quietly. But on the last day, you walk around it. And when you are walking around it on that last day, you are not walking around it quietly. You are walking around with shouts of praise. You are walking around with shouts of victory. You are using the instruments, the windpipes and every instrument. You are using it and you are blowing it. And when the enemy hears it, it deafens the enemy and he falls before you flat on his face because he has been defeated in his own territory in the name of Jesus. It worked in the Old Testament. And then you find the same thing in the New Testament. The high praises of God fills their mouth 
because their shouted praises are their weapons of war. These warring weapons will bring vengeance on the nations and every resistant power. Every resistant power. So when things are resisting your confession, when things are resisting your prayers, when things are resisting your, your fasting, make up your mind that you're going to take the, the praise before it. We are going to take praise before it. To bind kings with chains and rulers with iron shackles. Praise-filled warriors will enforce the judgment decreed against their enemies. The same mouth we use to praise, a lot of times we use it to complain. A lot of times we use that same mouth to say, God, you are late. God, you are not working. God, what is going on? God, why am I waiting? James chapter 3, it says, out of the same mouth you have sweet and bitter. It should not be so. Let's learn to praise God with our lips. Praise-filled warriors will enforce the judgment decreed against their enemies. And this is the honor he gives to all his godly lovers. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. God gives you the honor to enforce judgment against your enemies. And that judgment that you're enforcing is through praise. Hallelujah. You will enforce judgment through praise in the name of Jesus. Acts chapter 16, verse 25. We know the story of Paul and Silas. We know the story. They were going around preaching. And a woman, not a woman, a girl kept harassing them. Her masters were using her to make gain. And any time they passed, this girl was following them and kept saying, these men are men of the Most High God. They are servants of the Most High God. She kept harassing them day one, day two. By day three, Apostle Paul got tired and turned and rebuked that spirit. And the Bible says that her masters realized they could no more make gain from her because the spirit could not operate anymore. And because of that, Paul and Silas were arrested. They were beaten and they were thrown in jail. How many of us in that scenario will want to praise God? How many of us, you've entered your house, end of the month has come, your house is, your hand is dry, and you just head through the vine, vine press, I be the pipe, the pipe in the office, that I be like, say, the office said they will not answer you for another one month. Meanwhile, the month has ended. Your purse is dry. You look at Madame. Madame is dry. You look at the kitchen. The kitchen is dry. Children are there. School fees is waiting. How many of you will feel like praising God at that time? That's what happened. Paul and Silas, we can easily say, okay, they were beaten. It's beaten. Okay. Mm -mm. How many of us will get beaten? Not very few people will get beaten, but let's bring it home. There's no money in your purse. There's no money in your account. Your salary, they said something happened in the office and something happened and something happened, Sha, and then Augusta Tomeo, they wait. Two months, three months, four months, you are still waiting. How many of us will feel like praising God in that situation and saying, God, you are so good. God, you are wonderful. God, you are faithful. But the Bible says that's what Paul and Silas did. They sang praises at midnight when things were the most difficult. At midnight, when you feel like crying, that kind of cry that you know nobody will see you, it is just you and your God. At midnight, Paul and Silas, they prayed and they sang praises to God and the prisoners heard them. And while they were singing, 
It didn't say they had finished singing. But while they were singing the praises, the Bible says there was an earthquake so great that the foundations of the prison were shaking and all the doors were open. The foundations of your problems will be shaking as you praise the Lord and victory will come your way in the name of Jesus. Let's learn to praise the Lord. Let's learn to praise the Lord out of where we find ourselves. Because the enemy, as a roaring lion, he goes about challenging your faith. He goes around challenging everything. But when we learn to praise God, every gate standing against us, every wall standing against you will come crumbling down in the name of Jesus. Chronicles 2017. Second Chronicles 2017. You shall not need to fight in this battle. That was God talking to Jehoshaphat. You shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves. Stand ye still and see the salvation of the Lord with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, fear not, nor be dismayed. For tomorrow, go out against them. For the Lord will be with you. There's nothing you are ever going through that the Lord is not with you. On a daily basis, he's with us in our homes. He goes through the challenges we go through in our homes. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you so that we can boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I'll not fear what man will do to me. If the Lord is my helper, I can always talk to him. I can always look at him. And I can always say, Daddy God, this is where I am at. This is the situation I'm facing. This is the challenge I'm facing. And as you do that, you'll find that the victory comes your way in the name of Jesus. So it says, fear not and be not dismayed. Don't be taken by surprise. But stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Verse 20. And they rose early in the morning and went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, so shall you be established. Believe his prophets, so shall you prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord. He appointed singers. Unto, they were not singing to themselves. They were not singing to drive away the fear. But he appointed singers unto the Lord that should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army and to say, Praise the Lord, for his mercy endureth forever. And when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord sent ambushment against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, which were come against Judah, and they were smitten. Your enemies will fall before you. Your challenges will fall before you in the name of Jesus. The challenges might be many. The challenges might be more than you can handle. The challenges might be things that you've warred with, you've battled with, you've confessed with, and you've stood against for long. But the Bible says, as you begin to sing and to praise, the Lord sends ambushment against those challenges, and those challenges will come down before you in Jesus' name. God's words are always settled. God's words are settled. God's words are settled. When God says, praise me, he means we should praise him. 
When he says we should stand on his word in faith, he means that we should do that. One thing I've realized with praising the Lord in times of difficult times, in challenging times, is that the more you pray, the more your mind shuts up. Your mind shuts up. Your mind gets to a point where it says, it looks as if this person has, uh, with all that is happening, with all that is going on, instead of being sad and morone and crying and depressed, this person is praising me, God. This person is praising the Almighty God and lifting God up on a daily basis, on a regular basis. The enemy will shut up. And you'll find that even when demons are supposed to fly over your house in the night, they will not be able to fly. Hallelujah. So you have weapons in your hands. Use the weapons that God has given you. Because those weapons are powerful. And as you use those weapons, the enemy will leave your house, become a no-go area in the name of Jesus. It will become like the Transformers. Like our daddy used to say, Kerkataba, Inkataba. It will become like that. Your home will become a no-go area. It will become a no-go area for all those demons. It will become an area where they will prefer to go around. And even when they have parcels to deliver to you, because they are used to the fact that you have your weapons, that your weapons will always come out at the slightest thing, they will prefer to go around and say, okay, let's deliver to the neighbor. Let's deliver to the house or down the line. And the enemy will start to run from you in fear in the name of Jesus. God's words are yes and amen where you are concerned. His words are forever settled. His weapons have been tried. When David fought against Goliath, he did not use carnal weapons. He used a stone, but that was not what killed Goliath. If you think that was what killed Goliath, go and take a stone and hit somebody and see if the stone would kill the person. It wasn't what killed Goliath. But Goliath knew he had a covenant with God. He knew that there was something between him and God that nothing could separate, nothing could, could tear down. And that was why David was strong in the faith he had in God. He was strong in the fact that God's words over his life were settled. And there was no seven foot or eight foot giant that was going to defeat his own nation. Not only him. As far as David was concerned, it was an affront against his nation. It was an affront against God. That how will one man, one giant, come and be making fun of all of you? And all of you are running away. And that's why when Saul gave him his weapons, he said, mm-mm, Saul, he wore it. He didn't argue, he wore it. First Samuel 17, you'll find it there about 26 or thereabouts. He wore it, but he dropped it and he said, mm-mm. I have not tested it. I don't know how to work in your armor. I don't know how to work with your weapon. There are weapons you've tried. There are weapons you have used as a child of God. There are weapons that people have used around you, and you know that those weapons work. The weapon of the word of God is there. The weapon of the blood of Jesus is there. The weapon of the praise, the high praises of God in our mouths is there. The weapons of our righteousness, there are so many weapons that God has given us. Let's use these weapons on a daily basis as David used his weapon. And you'll find that even though they look natural, and even though they look small, those weapons will bring down every challenge standing against you in the name of Jesus. Whatever those challenges are, whether they are health challenges or family challenges, they cannot stand 
when you lift a weapon that God himself has ordained and said it is a weapon that will work for you, they cannot stand against those weapons. So let's learn to talk to God. Let's learn to use the weapons he has brought for us. And those weapons will defeat everything standing against us in the name of Jesus. David used one stone, just a stone. David spoke to the Lord. David took one stone. He picked five, but out of the five, he picked one. He had his catapult. He used it. He targeted the, the giant's forehead. Let's rise to our feet this morning. There are challenges we have before us. There are things that the enemy has used against us. There are challenges that have stood. It might be something as simple as finances. It might be something as simple as relationships with people. It might be something like health issues. But whatever it is, one thing I know is that the weapons of warfare that our Father has given us, they are mighty through God, and they'll pull down every stronghold of the enemy against you in the name of Jesus. Let's just take a minute and talk to God. Let's take a minute and talk to God about those, those issues. Our Father is a faithful Father. The high praises of God in our mouth, the power and the blood of Jesus, they are there. They are there. They are there. And as we use those weapons, as we use those weapons, everything will crumble. Issues will crumble. Situations will crumble. Because God is a faithful father. He's too faithful to fail. He's too faithful to disappoint. He's too faithful to change his mind, to change his word over your lives. He's faithful and he's not going to change anything he has said concerning you. So talk to God this morning. Talk to him. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. We thank you because your words are settled. We thank you for the weapons of warfare. We thank you, Father, for the power in the blood. We thank you because that blood speaks for us wherever we find ourselves. Father, we thank you because as we laugh and as we shout our praises to you, the walls that have stood before us will come crumbling down where your people are concerned in the name of Jesus. Therefore, Father, we choose to use the weapons you have given us. We refuse, Father, to use carnal weapons, but we choose to stand our grounds, holding up your weapons. And as we fight with those weapons, we see the walls coming down before us in the name of Jesus. Every wall of discouragement, every wall of depression, every wall of health challenge against your people, we see those walls coming down before us in the name of Jesus. Every wall of financial instability, we see that wall coming down in the name of Jesus. Every wall of insecurity, we call that wall to come down in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you because your words are forever settled. And because we stand as an army of yours, using your weapons, we see the enemy falling before us in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for the victory where your people are concerned. Lord, we give you praise. In Jesus' name we've prayed.
for listening to today's message. Do join us same time next week. Follow us on our social media handles, Facebook and Instagram at Restoration Ministries International, Twitter and Mixilar at RBCM Online, and our website is www.rbcmonline.org. You can also be part of our live power park services every Wednesday by 5.30 p.m. and on Sunday by 7 a.m. and 8.30 a.m. respectively at Restoration International Conference Center, RICC, Romanew Extension, Kaduna South. God bless you.